Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. You can visit them either at JohnnyTShirt.com or at their store on Franklin Street. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley, and I'm joined by Sherelle McMillan and Rob Harrington. Guys, it has been a very busy day for UNC basketball recruiting. Two commits today, Cole Anthony and Anthony Harris, both elected to join the Tar Heels, and their announcements came within hours of each other. We have got a lot to talk about on this podcast, but guys, it's been a while since we've all talked, so first off, how are y'all doing this afternoon? Doing great here. I'm always happy to be invited and just uh, basically ride Sherelle's coattails. I mean, Sherelle is the expert. So, you know, we, we're all just, just trying to, to play catch up to what he knows and keeps very tight-lipped about it. Rob is being extremely humble. Rob is one of the best uh, talent evaluators there is. So, um, yeah, but it was it was a good day for North Carolina for sure. It was. Well, let's go ahead and start there. And Rob, since you are the guest, we'll get your thoughts first. You know, looking at Cole Anthony and, and Anthony Harris, obviously there's a difference there. Cole being a top five guy, Harris being top 75. But you've watched some film on both of these players. And they're both, you know, I think more in the combo guard mold. What have you seen from them that really stuck out to you? Well, I actually like uh, Cole Anthony as a point guard. I, I know that there are people, to your point, who do prefer him as a combo, but I watched him out in Las Vegas again over the weekend, and I thought, okay, he's a he's a modern point, but he's still a point. I think from a class placement perspective, the way I've been thinking about this is Cole Anthony represents uh, Carolina trying to change the way it does things to adapt to the one-and-done environment. That would also link up to the recruitment of Nasir Little. And that's kind of the same thing. Guys you know coming in are one and done. Whereas for Anthony Harris, I think that speaks to the way that Roy Williams has built his teams traditionally and the types of experienced, talented teams that have won titles. That's the model that's still working in college basketball. And at the same time, uh, Carolina has never wanted to concede the top recruits. They've never wanted to abandon them. They have had struggles in recent years, but now in back-to-back classes, They've managed to get one of these elites, you know, almost definite one and done. I think Cole Anthony will have a bigger impact than Little because he's a point guard and the starting position there certainly appears to be more open than what Nasir faced. So all in all, an absolutely fantastic day for the program. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it started in the morning and, and I think for the fan base, it's been um, a cathartic day <laughs> just because Armando Baycott committed in August. And since then, there have been uh, quite a few recruitments that didn't go North Carolina's way, ones where we thought they were going to go Carolina's way, and then a week or two before the decision, they didn't. So I think there was definitely angst he- heading into uh, Anthony's announcement, just because you you just don't know. You think you do. Um, but, uh, you know, Carolina had been considered his leader for quite some time. There were all the signs, but until he actually said the words North Carolina, I think part of the fan base still expected, you know, some kind of shocker. So I think that was cathartic for, for them. Uh, for the North Carolina staff, it really was about commitment and just kind of hanging in there because, you know, as you, you put together a recruiting board, I guess maybe a couple of years out from when the guys are supposed to be in college. And then that board changes as players, you know, get better, improve, get worse, commit to other places, you know, have injuries. And I think North Carolina's board towards the end, it started to look like, well, you know, if they don't get Cole Anthony, kind of what are they going to do? 
um, at the point guard position. They do have Seventh Woods, they do have KJ Smith, and they do have Leaky Black. Um, but I think Leaky is more of a player who can, um, you know, kind of uh, be versatile and, and plug in some holes. And then that lead would have left two players at the point guard spot, um, neither of which have, you know, really played at a high level in the ACC. So, you know, it was it was really a need for North Carolina. It was not a want at all to get Cole Anthony. So when he, when he finally announced, um, I think that's why you saw the fan base react the way it did. Um, it was just a very cathartic day for them. So I'm, I'm kind of happy for the fan base because it's been on the court. It was a great year, but recruiting has not been what they wanted for, you know, the better part of eight or nine months. So I, I'm happy for the fans. And then, you know, uh, you wait eight months for a commit and then you get one about six hours later or seven hours later when um, Anthony Harris commits. And that's one that I think we'll talk about this later that the UNC staff should really be commended for. I think one of the criticisms of them often is that they are inflexible, that they will not change. Um, they are kind of do what they do. But this is an instance where a kid was released from his national letter of intent. And within three weeks, he had officially visited UNC and was committed and signed. So that is different from kind of what the narrative narrative is about the coaching staff. All right, let me ask you guys a question then from the evaluation standpoint. What is the greatest strength that both of you guys have seen from both Cole Anthony and Anthony Harris? And what's one thing that you both think either player will need to improve on during their time in college? I'll start if that's all right. I, I think Anthony is just an excellent all-around guard. Uh, he he isn't the most explosive player. The thing is, you got to be careful of these highlight reels because people have I've seen comparisons to people like Derrick Rose and John Wall, and I don't think any of that is realistic. Uh, he's certainly a good athlete, but it's more his skill level that shines ahead of his athleticism. And Roy Williams and his comments, you know, sort you sort of get these templated comments about every recruit, but he mentioned that he's a complete player, and I think that he is more complete even than Kobe White. I don't think that he is has quite the nose for scoring that White did, of course. But that's how I regard him as just an excellent all-around player who is ahead of his years in terms of his own self-belief. And that hasn't always endeared him to some of the other kids because they're kids and being teenagers and they're sensitive. He's someone who is probably less mindful of people being sensitive than (laughs) someone else might be. I'd put it like that. And, And that they'll have to probably rein him in a little bit early. The upperclassmen will have to sort of slow him down some you'd rather have someone like that so I guess that dovetails into a thing that he'll need to improve is I think he'll definitely need to buy in not to the program I don't think that's going to be an issue I don't think he'll need to buy into being coached but I do think that he'll have to buy in to being around a group of players who don't have his credentials who don't have his NBA draft prospects and that can be a little bit of a process I feel confident it's something they'll work through but it's something worth noting as for Harris I think a lot that the easy comparison is because Kenny Williams just left. You say, okay, well, he was a defensive specialist. Harris projects as a defensive specialist too. I think that he's a little bit more fluid offensively than Williams was certainly at that age. For him, it's just finding a consistent scoring game for college. I mean, he already will be effective, I think, in transition and opportunistically, but can he develop a polish as a likely two guard to give them some scoring punch from that position in the half court game? All right, Rel, same question to you. What's one strength and what's one thing that you think both players are going to have to improve on? So for Cole, um, in, in addition to what Rob said, his his competitive mentality, he is a scorer. He's also a distributor. He has a complete game. But I, I love, and I've said this a few times, I just love the way he rebounds for a guard. He is not scared to 
um, go into the paint, jump over a dude, box out, do whatever it takes. And a lot of times, you know, that, that might not mean a ton, but, you know, an, an offensive rebound or two per game from your point guard or defensive rebound or two per game for your point guard and you've stolen two possessions. Um, It's an easy way to get the fast break started, you know, started with the dribble, have the ball in his hands at all times. So I really like that about him that um, to me, it says something about him that he's willing to get in there and get his nose dirty. And we all know how much Roe Williams loves rebounding. You know, it's, I don't know if it's one, you know, the number one thing that he requires of his team, but it's not one, it's, you know, one B or one C. So um, having a point guard who can do that, I think is going to, um, really make Williams happy. Um, the thing he needs to work on, I do think is his outside shot. Um, not to say again, we're, we are being very picky because this is, you know, one of the top players in high school basketball, he's won every award possible and, um, done a lot of things, but I do think he can be a little more consistent with it. Um, his form is, it's not traditional. I don't think, uh, and Robbie, uh, you can back me up on that one, but he seems to be a streaky shooter, which we've seen before where, you know, it's very easy for him if he gets hot to make six or seven in a row. But if he's not hot, it's very easy for him to miss 10 in a row. So I think that is something um, that needs to be worked on for Harris. You know, this is sounds cliche, but he's a winner playing for Team Takeover. One thing you always talked about when you watch them play, um, especially this last year with Armando Baycott in the post, was like they had five or six guards who seemed to be interchangeable, who could all do the same thing, who could all play defense, who could all hit an open shot. You know, like, man, every single one of these guys is going to go D1 because, you know, they may not be. Um, high-level athletes. Um, well, you're a high-level athlete if you play college basketball, but you get what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> they might not have that kind of pedigree, but they just do things well. Um, they know how to play basketball. The conference he plays in in high school, I believe it's the WCAC, um, just has a ton of really good programs. And then he obviously played at the highest level of travel ball. So I think just him being a winner is a huge deal. Um, that pedigree is important for North Carolina in developing a culture as a guy who's probably going to be there two to three years. And then to work on just, you know, overall offensive game, he didn't have to do that for a team takeover um, and to some degree for his high school. So just improving his jump shot, uh, just becoming a more dynamic offensive playmaker, I think will make him a really, really good player. Just following up, I absolutely agree with Sherelle about Anthony's jump shot. Uh, he isn't he isn't a bad shooter by any means. I mean, he knocks down a pretty decent percentage, but it has a little bit more of a wind up than you would like. You know, it, it isn't a real smooth release. And I think that mechanical quirk is going to cost him some accuracy as a freshman. I mean, I have pretty low expectations for freshman jump shooters anyway. Kobe White largely dispelled that, at least for himself. But I I think Anthony, because he doesn't have quite as quick a release, he needs a little bit more time to get his shot. I I think he'll be a capable three-point shooter next season, but I don't think that will be the ultimate strength of his game. And, And I would also like to follow up on Harris, too. The thing about team takeover is they're hard to evaluate. Because they have, they always play a lot of people. They always play great defense, and and it's rare that someone for that team puts up big numbers. I think Harris might have averaged eight points a game. Uh, Armando averaged maybe just over ten points a game. I mean, that doesn't give you a lot to work with, especially if you're not watching a whole game. It's like, well, no, it's sort of a a leap of faith. And so you either see the guys in high school, or a lot of what you'll see in rankings is some hedging. And so anytime I see a team takeover player, and there are a few other teams like this too. I'll always wonder in the back of my mind, well, maybe this is someone because the stats are are sort of suppressed, might be getting overlooked a little bit. And that has happened with quite a few of their players in the past. I'm not saying it's true with Harris, but I'm saying don't discount that as a possibility because we are getting that question 
how does someone with these abilities end up ranked outside the top 50? That is one possible explanation for it. I was going to jump into the the takeover, like you said, Rob, and I mentioned it before. There's it, it always seemed like there were four or five of them, and they were interchangeable. It felt like they were all six one to six three. Um, they all had ball skills. They all were good defenders. They all could hit an open jump shot. So I, I think that is definitely a possibility. Um, and the other thing with Harris is, you know, we haven't been able to see him since December because he unfortunately tore his ACL in early December. Um, but for the North Carolina coaching staff. They didn't watch anyone, maybe maybe PSA because of Cole Anthony. But um, if they watched PSA the most, they watched Team Takeover the second most as they were you know, courting uh, Armando Baycott. So they are pretty familiar with his game, with what he can do and how he would fit in at UNC. So um, I, I think this is a great signing for UNC, especially considering where they were a week ago and what the roster had a chance to look like. Now you kind of have a bridge player in Harris who, the way I look at it, he's almost like a 2020 signee. Not to say that he's not going to play next year, but his role, depending upon who else they sign, um, could be diminished some. And I still even think that, you know, Brandon Robinson, as he improves, and Leaky Black, as he improves, will get more playing time. But I see Harris as a really impact player in 2020 as a sophomore when Cole Anthony will be gone, Brandon Robinson will be gone, Seventh Woods will be gone. Harris can help provide continuity in the backcourt along with uh, Andrew Playtech and, and Leaky Black. So I look at it more that way. So both of you guys have talked a lot about the abilities of both Harris and Anthony. What about fit for next season in the Roy Williams-style offense? I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on how both of these guys will contribute. And, you know, Rel, I agree with Harris. I think you're more looking down the line, but given UNC's kind of just it is a lack of depth, I think, at that shooting guard position. I think he could see some minutes. Cole, though, I mean, everyone expects him to be the starter. I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on that and how you think he'll be able to run the offense. So, Rel, why don't we start with you since we've been letting Rob get the uh, starting position on every other question so far? Well, yeah, Cole Anthony, is gonna, he's going to get the ball. You don't sign Cole Anthony to not start him. So he's going to get the ball. He's going to play a ton of minutes. He's going to have a very high usage rate. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think someone else said this, but I wouldn't be surprised if he led the team in points and assists and was in the top two or three in rebounds as well. He's just going to be all over the court. Um, I can't think of another freshman who's going to have the opportunity that he has had um, as far as scoring and um, just being able to do pretty much whatever he wants. The team next year uh, is very uh, different from what Carolina fans are used to. It's going to be built around Cole Anthony. Um, and that's different because most of the time it's built on returners, it's built on seniors, it's built on, built on guys who have come up through the program, but that's not going to be the case next year. So that's what I see for Anthony is um, just as many minutes, shots, assists, rebounds as he wants and can handle. For Harris, I think depending upon his health and from you know what we're hearing from his high school coaches that he should be healthy during the summer. Um, I wouldn't anticipate him doing much in pickup or anything like that over the summer just because Carolina is very... Um, conservative when it comes to injuries and, and nursing them over the summer. So he'll probably be ready for fall practice, I would imagine. And, you know, he can definitely carve out a role. I think it depends on there's a couple other guys that North Carolina is looking at um, who are a little older and a little more experienced. I think if they were able to get one of those guys, then you won't see Harris play as much. You know, he'd be a contributor off the bench to bring energy, um, to get out and defend, to do those things. But if they don't get those other players, then I do think Harris has a larger role um, on the team. So that's that's kind of TBD. Yeah, just following up with that, uh, I think that 
you know, the thing about Anthony is it, compared to Kobe White, I know that's that comparison has to be made, even though I think it's very flawed in a perfect world. But in terms of being the starting point guard, in terms of, as Sherelle said, having the ball in his hands, which he absolutely will. Uh, in fact, that was the first way that he described his potential role at North Carolina before he committed. He said, you know, they are telling me they want to put the ball in my hands. And it, it's not just coach speak in this case. But I think that he will be more effective than Kobe was running the half court offense. And late in the season, you saw how the, not because it was Kobe's fault, but you saw the half court offense bogged down. And and he wasn't able to overcome, for example, uh, Kenny Williams and Luke May basically slumping pretty badly at the end of the season. I think Cole Anthony is better equipped to run the half-court offense because he is more of a natural point guard than Kobe White is. I do not think that he will be as effective in transition as a scorer. I mean, that's not – I think he'll do that well. I just think Kobe White is almost unparalleled in his ability to score in transition. So that would be a change between the two. But I think in terms of getting people involved, I think in terms of maybe working around some of the team's limitations, whatever they may be, because we don't even know that yet. I mean, we're doing this on Tuesday. Maybe by Friday there will be you know, four more commitments that we're talking about. But you know, as the team is still coming together, I, I, of course they'll, they will not be perfect. They'll have some limitations. I think he'll be able to make the other guys a little bit better in the half-court game, maybe not getting – out as much in transition the tempo may not be quite as fast next season but all in all I mean you, you couldn't ask for a better successor to someone who had such a great freshman year like Kobe did all right guys let's take a very quick commercial break when we get back let's wrap up the podcast by talking about the future that UNC will still have in its basketball recruiting you touched on a little bit Rob maybe Carolina will have a few more commits by the end of the week we'll see at the current rate that they're going now but let's take a very quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this Let's take a moment to talk about our friends at Johnny T-Shirt. They are a very long-term supporter of Inside Carolina and the Inside Carolina podcast, and they are your place to go to for Carolina gear. Johnny T-Shirt has been a Franklin Street tradition for over 35 years, and they are one of the absolute iconic locations there on campus. They are locally and alumni-owned with a great staff that puts great value on customer service. It is really top-notch. When you go into Johnny T-Shirt, they make you feel like you are a part of the family. They are your place to go to for Carolina gear because it is their focus. They have a terrific selection of anything that you might want from memorabilia to jerseys to clothing and everything in between. And if you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, you get your exclusive 10% off discount on all of your purchases. You can use that either in their Chapel Hill store or at johnnytshirt.com. That's johnnytshirt.com. So even if you live at a state and you still need that Johnny t-shirt fix you can go there to order anything that you need Carolina related so support Johnny t-shirt and support the inside Carolina podcast visit their website johnnytshirt.com and visit their store when you're in town on game days and we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Sherelle McMillan and Rob Harrington breaking down the commitments that UNC received today from Anthony Harris and Cole Anthony. Guys, let's go ahead and talk about the future recruiting. So Carolina is still in it for a few other guys in this class, and one of them is a grad transfer, Christian Keeling, who is going to be starting his official visit 
I guess today since we're recording this on Tuesday. So let's go ahead and kind of make this a combo question. Rob, going to go back to you for it. First part, how big do you think the commitments of Cole Anthony and Anthony Harris are for UNC in terms of future recruits? And number two, where do you see this staff focusing on for the rest of this year's class for, I guess, 2019? Yeah, so we've talked for years now, at least argued the theory that one of the things that might really help Carolina's recruiting of these elite guys is if they could just get one. And then that player had a great season and went high in the draft. And that was to be Nasir Little, at least a lot of us thought, or I thought, speak for myself. He didn't have quite the season. His draft stock dropped some. On the other hand, Kobe White had a great year and looks like he could become a lottery pick. That that compensates for that somewhat. Now, if Anthony comes in and is indeed uh, someone who has a great season and could potentially go top five in next season's draft, I think there is at least a chance, and I've thought this for a long time, that it, it would get them on the board. And they already are on the board a little bit now because of the two freshmen this year. But I think Anthony would be that much more of a signal like, hey, yes, look, we've modernized. We we do not hold back freshmen. And we, we never actually did hold back freshmen, but that was the reputation. And then they're starting to put together a track record. Another way to think about this was, okay, they're good to go at point guard. There still might be some resistance for players in the 6'7 to 6'8 range because they, they still haven't had one of those guys come through. You know, the, the modern 6'8", former power forward who now is a high, we call a hybrid. Uh, and and realistically, they need to be able to do that because it, nowadays you need to play on the perimeter for that size. So there's still some questions there. Uh, and as far as rounding out this class, I think in a perfect world, they would get another shooter. Because if it's true that Cole Anthony is an okay three-point shooter, but not great, uh, if you believe that Brandon Robinson, Brandon Robinson's a good shooter when open, but not someone you necessarily want to be your top three-point shooting option because he has a, a slower release too, I still think they need one ace shooter, a number one three-point shooter. And then additionally, I think they need someone who can slide down and guard the second biggest player on the opposing team, whether that whether you want to call that a power forward or a hybrid forward or whatever, someone with a little bit more versatility than maybe they have right now in the 6-8 range to go inside too and not just have Garrison Brooks do it Maybe that could be Leaky Black, but his entire career has been on the perimeter, and I'm not sure he will be just physically where he needs to do that as a sophomore. So if in a perfect world, I would say a three-point shooter first, followed by someone who could duck into the post and be a sort of versatile 6'8 player. But that would be a six-player class, and maybe that's asking too much. All right, Sherelle, final word is yours, my friend. Thoughts on the importance of these two commits? And then also, let's go ahead and hear your prediction for how the rest of the summer will go. So I think Rob said a lot of it. Um, the part about needing another shooter, I think, speaks directly to Christian Keeling. Obviously, he was playing at a, at a different level, wasn't in the ACC, but he shot 38% from three last year at Charleston Southern. Um, he made 81 threes in total. So he's proven at least the capability of being an outside shooter. He is to me kind of, um, I don't want to say the the missing link because I do think they could use someone uh, like a true uh, combo forward who can do what Rob said and, and guard the second biggest guy on the team who can post up, but can also shoot from three. But if you made me pick between the two, I think Keeling would be um, a little higher just because he has that offensive ability um, that we talked about right now is North Carolina's roster is constructed you kind of wonder, can anyone besides Cole Anthony really go get their shot if needed? And I think there were times that um, 
that hurt North Carolina a little bit last year because if Kobe White wasn't able to do it, there were times where Cam Johnson couldn't do it and times where Luke May couldn't do it and times where Kenny Williams couldn't do it. So having um, kind of that second option, that second um, ball handler who is a combo guard, who can shoot, who can get his own shot uh, if needed, I think would really help everyone else on the roster. It would provide more depth to the three because then you move, you know, maybe Brandon Robinson and Leaky Black to the three spot and you have a natural backup in Harris. You have additional three-point shooting. You know, the, there's um, a more balanced roster with Keeling. Now you don't have that combo forward, but you still have three big guys who you, you should be able to count on in Garrison Brooks, Starling Manley, and Armando Baycott. So I think Keeling really gives Carolina a, a close to complete roster. So right now they have four players signed in the 2019 class. I think they're willing to take two more if there are people who can produce immediately um, and help next year. I don't think they're going to take a six player just to take a six player to have an extra body. You know, I think they'll definitely sign a, a fifth player in the class. But like I said, the six is really more kind of conditional. It has to be a, a really good player. Um, who can do something immediately. As far as the recruiting question, I'll try to answer that really quickly. Uh, Rob said it. I, I think Kobe White had a great year, and I think Cole Anthony saw that and said, wow, you know, they gave the keys to Kobe White. They can give the keys to me, and I can have a successful season. <clears throat> and I think already, just in talking with some 2020 guards and um, a couple of 2021 guards, they talked about the offensive freedom that Roe Williams gives to his guards. And I think that's a direct reflection of what they saw Kobe White do this past year and Joel Berry do two years ago. So I think North Carolina in that regard is, is on the upswing. I do think um, their wing, uh, true wing recruiting, maybe will take a little bit of a hit um, because of how the season played out with Nasir Little. It, again, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what Little expected of himself. And I think it wasn't what the Carolina staff expected. So I think they've taken a little bit of a hit there but they've made up for it by how well Kobe White played. And now point guards and guards are much more interested in Carolina, it seems, just early on in the 2020 and 2021 cycles. All right, good deal, guys. Well, hey, thanks a lot for joining me tonight. And for everyone listening in to get the full scoop on UNC basketball, including if there are any additional commitments for the 2019 class or for future classes, make sure that you stay tuned in to Inside Carolina and the Inside Carolina Premium Basketball Message Board. But for all of us here at Inside Carolina, thank you again for listening. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.